Welcome back to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio. Now your host, Jacobus Hollowine. And welcome back to the third and final hour already of Gesundheit with Jacobus. We appreciate all of you listening to us. It is a wonderful, wonderful Sunday show today with Val Anderson explaining things to us about minerals, which is a topic that I have been looking forward to for quite a while and never really had the source, never really jumped on it until I ended up talking to Val. And uh, Val, I really appreciate you with us. He is uh, with Mineral Resources International Inc., a company from Ogden, Utah. You can find more information about him by going to the website mineralresourcesint.com, mineralresourcesint.com. And the telephone number, if you want to call him during the week, uh, go to 800-731-7866, 800-731-7866. By the way, Val, can I give out your extension number? Yes, it is 310. 310. So if you want to talk to Val after the program, not today, but uh, starting tomorrow, during the week, call him at extension 310, and then you can share information with him. Now, the other thing is that uh, Val's email, if you want to email him today, or during the week, it's valA at mineralresourcesint.com. valA, all one word, at mineralresourcesint.com. We have already a caller with us today, uh, this morning or this hour. What am I saying? We've been busy with calls today, <laughs> Val, very interesting stuff. Uh, caller, good morning. What is your point and what is your name? Well, this is yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you are yada, yada, yada. You had to wait quite a few times. Isn't it something? Yeah. We let you wait. This must be big-time radio because this is the fourth time I've tried to call. Uh, Yeah, I I try to keep up with this health food stuff. Uh, Yeah. I got three questions now. Uh, All right. I was reading this uh, book uh, about, see, what was the name? Uh, But it was called Fluoridation and Tooth Decay. And when somebody was saying... uh, she boils the heck out of her Bozeman water. All that's going to do is put heavier metal fluoride more intensely in uh, boiled water because it, it doesn't evaporate. It just uh, intensifies. I, there's a question about uh, what you think about commercial fluoride. And then I read this good piece about uh, coral calcium, and he said it's one of the biggest scams of the century. So I'm going to ask about that. Good call. And then this other one, uh, if you're in... In the in-group in health foods and health, there's this Women's Health Initiative, which is studying long-term study of a lot of women. I think it's about 160,000 of them, and they've come to the conclusion that multivitamin mineral pills do not reduce the risk of heart disease or cancer or even prolonged life. So there are three questions that Yada will leave you with. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. All you right. know, those are excellent calls, so I appreciate your, uh, you calling in today. All right, well, good. All right, thank you. Go okay, ahead. So, Go ahead, so, Val. so in rapid succession, then, yes. fluoride is one of those minerals that's added to water in a lot of places in the United States. There's been some evidence that fluoride will help reduce um, tooth cavities, but I think that that's 
a bit misleading, and I think that we're focused too much on one mineral. Um, fluoride is not known to be any, a fully essential mineral, and the window of safety for fluoride is very narrow. Ultra-trace amounts of fluoride that you would normally get in, you know, say a spring water or from seawater, the body can handle that, but there are issues. If you get too much fluoride, it starts to model the teeth and, and discolor them, and, and it will actually soften bones. Mm. And so, you know, it, with any mineral, and especially for the trace and ultra-trace minerals, there's a window of safety. Too much is a problem and will start to cause issues. Not enough is a problem and will start to cause issues. The problem with fluoride is that that window of safety is very narrow, and there are a lot of people in the dietary supplements industry that I have a lot of respect for have grave concern over fluoride. I know that in a lot of different countries, fluoride is actually banned. In some countries, you can't even find fluoride in the toothpaste because it's actually been banned. Wow. So that's the first one. The next one was coral calcium. Well, you know what? I want to jump on this for just a moment because okay. it is so promoted by dentists and people who like to take care of their teeth. They want to make sure that their teeth are strong. So what can people do instead of fluoride to keep their teeth strong? Well, this teeth issue may actually be a multi-generational issue. Okay. That it may take more than one generation to fully fix the problem. But if you look at historical cultures, in fact, we worked with um, Paul Bergner, who is a wonderful researcher. He's one of those people here in the United States that did the research on government analysis of mineral content in the food supply. He referenced another doctor's research on teeth and found that traditional cultures where the foods were naturally rich in mineral and vitamin content, as opposed to the modern ways of farming and and processing our foods, which is very depleted in minerals, and even the way that the traditional societies prepared their foods, they didn't need dentists. When they were eating, you know, grazed animals that had grazed on the hillside from one place to another, and they would grow plants um, in one location till the soil was depleted, then they'd move on to another, and, you know, they, they were eating mostly wild plants and animals, those people had enough broad-range mineral nutrition in their diets that they didn't have teeth problems. Huh. And so I don't think that tooth problems are a one mineral issue. Okay. It's not just fluoride. And when people rely on just one mineral to solve a, a, a balance problem, you're going to have other problems come out of that. That's the law of unintended consequences. We need to get back to balance. Okay, well, that's, that's good. I appreciate that. How about coral calcium? Uh, coral calcium, <laughs> it, it's a mixed bag. Coral calcium is, by and large, calcium carbonate, which is the least expensive form of calcium. It's a natural form of calcium carbonate with small amounts of other minerals and trace minerals around the outside of it. And so it's probably a little bit more assimilable than um, some of the other forms of calcium carbonate. And certainly the added amounts, you know, the naturally occurring amounts of the other naturally occurring trace minerals are probably beneficial, but I think that there's a lot of misleading hype around that product. I find it interesting how many health food store owners will absolutely, you know, say that that calcium carbonate's bad, but then they will promote heavily coral calcium, which yes. is basically calcium carbonate. Well, I started to worry when I heard the tape from Dr. Barefoot 
where he was saying that in these cultures in Japan, people had uh, they had this white milky water running through the village, and that's what they would drink, and uh, they lived to be a long life. I thought, well. There is more than just drinking a little white milky water. I mean, there must be, uh, maybe their tax system is different. Maybe their marriage system is different. Maybe the there's more sunshine. I don't know. You cannot just blame it all on one element in life that makes somebody healthy and happy. Well, so, and that white milky water is going to have a lot more than just calcium in it. Correct. It's going to have a broad range of minerals. But any time you find a mineral that has been precipitated or crystallized or refined out, you're going to find a large percentage of just one mineral. It's like table salt, which is just pure sodium chloride, rather than sea minerals, which has potassium and magnesium and a broad range of essential trace minerals and other naturally occurring minerals balanced with that sodium. There's a very big difference. Even even sea salt is almost pure sodium chloride, 98 to 99% pure sodium chloride, whereas seawater is going to have much higher levels of the magnesium, the potassium, essential electrolytes that are required for the sodium to function properly in the body. You're going to have naturally occurring boron, naturally occurring lithium, and a broad range of other minerals in trace and ultra-trace amounts. It's mm. a very different thing than just getting a refined source. Yes, okay. Well, so, so should good. we answer the third one, which was the long-term women's study on health and Multivitamins, yeah, the multivitamin mineral combinations. Okay, first of all, most vitamin supplements that are out there, not from your store, but say most of what people are taking as supplements, the, the supplements, the one-a-days that people are buying from the grocery store or that they're buying from the pharmacy. You mean the one that says, doctor, <laughs> number one doctor recommended multivitamin? Yes. Yes. Those okay. vitamins, by and large, are in a chemical form that is a, a, a close approximation to the actual vitamin as it's found in nature. It's not, they figure out a way, that first of all, they figure out the natural substance, and then they figure out a way to make it in the lab, but they may not be exactly the same. Secondly, the balance in a lot of these is not all that great. Potassium is by and large overlooked in those, and um, magnesium is by and large overlooked in, in those supplements. And furthermore, I have come to a very strong belief that trying to get all of your nutrition from once a day from a supplement or even twice a day from a supplement is not the most effective way to absorb your mineral nutrients or your nutrients in general. To go back a little bit, we talked about um, spreading the minerals throughout the day. That's what I would refer to as lifestyle dosing. Rather than taking a pill taking a little bit here and a little bit there added to your foods and beverages so that you know that it's enough to appropriately top off the diet, that is much more in keeping with how the digestive system is set up to absorb a little bit here and a little bit there from your foods and beverages spread throughout the day. Yeah. Magnesium, for example, which is such an essential mineral, and it's very deficient because not by and large you get it in your food supply from green leafy vegetables, which people don't really eat anymore. We should, but we don't. The other aspect of it is stress depletes the body of magnesium, and we're under constant stress. Even noise stress depletes, depletes magnesium more than um, emotional stress, yes. and it flushes it out. Um, the research shows that the, more, the higher the level of magnesium that you take at once, the smaller the percentage you will absorb. Huh. If you 
you know, so if you take a big dose first thing in the morning, it gives you a false sense of security that you've taken care of your health needs. Ah. But then you, most of it goes out of your system rather than being absorbed. If you can spread that consumption of your magnesium in your, in your foods and beverages throughout the day so that you get a little bit here and a little bit there, you dramatically increase the level of absorption that you're going to have. And so I think that there's a big problem with the paradigm of, well, we're going to eat horrible food, and then I'm going to take a pill once a day, and it's going to counter all of that. That's, That's not truthful. That's a good point. Folks, you're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus. Um, your host, Jacobus Holloway, Val Anderson with us from Mineral Resources International, Inc. That is actually a, a, a great point that you bring because I know, for example, people who have a hard time staying asleep have learned to take magnesium right before they go to bed, and then they may take like 400 milligrams of magnesium but still wake up. That could be one of the issues that you just bring up, Val. I mean, taking too much too quickly, and then not really absorbing it and not finding the success. Exactly. Well, the number one negative complaint that comes about magnesium supplements is that it has a laxative effect. Yeah. Um, and some people actually look for that benefit. The laxative effect, is, or the laxative benefit, I should say, of magnesium is different than an absorption benefit. And by and large, when people take so much at one time that it's having a laxative effect, it's passing through you rather than being absorbed. Uh. If people can spread their absorption or their consumption throughout the day through what I term as lifestyle dosing, they're going to dramatically increase their benefits and results, just like that community up in North Dakota. They weren't taking a magnesium supplement that took care of all of their needs of magnesium. They weren't taking a selenium supplement that took care of all of their needs of magnesium and selenium. They were getting small doses of magnesium and selenium through the foods and beverages that they ate spread throughout the day. Yeah. And that was enough to have dramatic impact on their health. Huh. Great point. Uh, I want to know more about oxide, uh, magnesium oxide, but we have a caller. Caller, good morning. Thanks Hi. for joining us. What Hi. is your name? I'm Roxana. Hey, Roxana. Good morning to you. <laughs> good morning. I'm enjoying this. I'm, I'm kind of wondering now. Maybe I missed it because I just turned, tuned in. But uh, he's talking about, um, you know, like getting your uh, minerals and vitamins uh, in a more natural way. Could you tell us, um, those of us that live in the Bozeman area or the mountain areas, once the snow melts and the little leafy green things start sprouting, I know there that wild violets and dandelions and things like that are actually pretty good. You know, could you, could you um, verse us in some of those things? Just remind us what are good trail nibbles that would kind of supplement us naturally. Thank you, and I'll just oh. listen off off the phone. Thank you. Thank you, Roxana. Well, I have to admit that that's not fully my area of expertise. But I do know that plants that grow on the hillside that, is, that are not grown with modern farming practices are generally going to have higher mineral content than plants that are grown on the farm with that nitrogen, potassium, or nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium fertilizer added back again and again that, so that the soils become depleted over time. That you know the the farming practices today have depleted our foods of broad spectrum mineral nutrition. Um, I do know that wild crafted herbs can be very beneficial, and that a big part of that is the mineral nutrients that are in that. But the wild crafted herbs are not my area of expertise. 
Okay. Well, that's uh, still good, but uh, yeah, I, I think it is a combination of what the rain brings and what we have done to the soil and uh, and how long we grow these vegetables and plants, uh, you know, that we give them a chance to really mature so that we have all the nutrients in it. I think that is all important. But uh, Roxana, if that doesn't answer your call, by uh, by all means, give us another call back and, and verify what you were talking about. Uh, magnesium oxide. I, my understanding is the absorbability of magnesium oxide. Uh, it is very dense. It is very cheap but the absorbability is about uh, less than 5%. Is that something you have heard too? Do you agree with that, or do you have other information for us, Val? Well, so with both magnesium oxide and the calcium carbonate that was discussed earlier, in order for that to become absorbable, you have to have sufficient stomach acid to break it down. So for the magnesium oxide, the process that takes place is it will hit the digestive system. If you have sufficient stomach acid the oxide will react with the hydrochloric acid and the oxygen will be released and that will, in the digestive system, become magnesium chloride. And Uh. magnesium chloride is a readily absorbable and utilizable form of magnesium within the body. But Uh. that being said, if you get a big dose of magnesium oxide all at once, you're probably not going to absorb that very well because there's only so much stomach acid available at that given time. Okay. If you, you probably could increase your magnesium oxide absorption by spreading it throughout the day, but once again, it's got to react with sufficient hydrochloric acid, and by and large, the people who are taking a magnesium supplement are the people that are a little bit older and are already starting to suffer the deficiency effects. As we age, our stomachs tend to produce less stomach acid, and so your body becomes less capable of breaking down either the calcium carbonate, which requires stomach acid to be um, broken down, or the magnesium oxide, um, the magnesium chloride, the magnesium sulfate, the sea source magnesium, they're much more absorbable forms of magnesium and utilizable forms of magnesium than the forms that your body has to have sufficient stomach acid. By the way, as well, in order to produce stomach acid, your body needs chloride. Uh-huh. which is part of the hydrochloric acid that becomes the acidity. And in fact, as people age, they don't get as much chloride in their diets as well. And so the body starts assimilating things less. Ah, that is really interesting. And that is why when we talked in the last half hour about bone spurs and heel spurs, my question for you was, I understand that hydrochloric acid will also help indeed with the absorption of uh, calcium. And now I understand it, it turns the chloride, turns calcium carbonate into a calcium chloride as well. Is that what we're talking about? I I believe that that's what's taking place with the calcium as well, because basically now the calcium carbonate, if you have too much acid, is actually used as an antacid. Magnesium oxide can actually be used as an antacid, but that's a different benefit than an assimilation benefit. Correct. And and for the majority of people as we age, as we hit our 40s and up, most people have a problem with stomach acid, enough stomach acid in general because of changing in diet in general. And that's why they often have a problem with, uh, with calcium carbonate taking that. They are suppressing the acid that they have, which is not really what you need. So that is definitely something we need to look into. So this is good information. I appreciate that. Now, I, I know you have a wide range of products yourself with Mineral Resources International. I see some of them that are 
electrolytes, and some of them are uh, trace minerals, ionic trace minerals. When does somebody decide just to use electrolytes, which usually contains sodium and potassium, which you talk about you want to be careful with, and magnesium? Why would somebody take electrolytes, and why don't we just put everything in a balanced mineral product, which is what you also offer? Well, now, with sodium and potassium, for sodium in particular, we eat a lot of refined sodium in our diet. And so most people are getting more than enough sodium, so much so that the sodium is out of balance with the rest of the nutrients. And so most people are saying, well, I should back off on the sodium. Now, that being said, if you're an athlete who is sweating heavily and you're losing a lot of sodium, your need for sodium goes up. And so there are a number of of issues within the body where certain nutrient needs will increase dramatically. And the more you sweat, the more you need to replace sodium. And so for people who are out in heat, which is not a problem in your area this morning, as I understand it's snowing there, um, (laughs) but if you go to the sauna and you're going to sit in the sauna for half an hour, it's important to replace some electrolytes. If you're in Las Vegas and you're in the summer heat, it's important to replace electrolytes. If you're running a marathon, it's important to replace the balance of the electrolytes, the sodium, the potassium, and the magnesium in balance, and calcium to a lesser degree as well. Um, But the electrolytes, you need them in proper balance. So even looking at general cardiovascular health and general health, your body needs sodium in the fluids outside of the cells. It needs potassium inside of the cell, and magnesium is essential for the cell pump that keeps the sodium out and the potassium in. Uh Sodium is actually an essential nutrient that has become bad for us. And you'll find people in our industry that say, oh, it's the form of sodium. And, yeah, I guess if what they mean by form is it's in a refined pure sodium form, then they're kind of true. But it's not the fact that it's in a sodium chloride form that's the problem. It's the fact that we're eating an awful lot of sodium chloride and not enough potassium and magnesium for the sodium to function properly within the body. Sounds like we're going to have to come back to that question. Yeah, we have to come back to that. That is, uh, that's interesting. So sodium is outside the cell, potassium inside the cell, magnesium is necessary to regulate that balance, that activity. That is really something. So I, I, I'm still wondering if athletes would do good on an overall ionic mineral, trace mineral uh, compound instead of just focusing on the electrolytes. But we'll get more to that when we talk to Val Anderson, who is my guest today in Gesundheit with Jacobus. Stay tuned. We will be right back.